VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, all my morbid mamas and papas out there. Welcome to episode number one of Murder Between Friends. I am your host, Sherilyn. I cannot tell you how excited I am to start this new chapter with you guys. The support that I've been given on YouTube has been indescribable. I'm so thankful that it's now allowed me to branch out into something I have been working on for quite some time, finally. Allow me to introduce myself to anybody who doesn't know me. My name is Sherilyn. I am a true crime and wine aficionado, and I have a YouTube channel where I talk about true crime, drink some wine, chill with you guys in like a friendly, chatty atmosphere, even though we're talking about some heavy things, because you guys, you guys are all my friends, so I want you to, to feel that. And that's really the vibe that I want to bring to the podcast also. But I wanna kick it up a notch. And I wanna bring friends and guests along the way to join us. I've always said the true crime space is such a kick-ass community. There are just so many amazing people that I wanna have on here and have you get to know on a more personal and fun level. Of course, we're gonna, you know, sprinkle some true crime content questions in there, but the goal is really to allow you guys to get to know all the people behind these amazing channels. I hope you love it. With that being said, I want to welcome our very first guest for our first episode of Murder Between Friends. She is someone I have had the honor to grow my channel alongside of, and she truly makes you feel like you are a friend, you're loved, you're appreciated by her. I couldn't think of a more perfect queen to kick this off with, so please help me welcome the beautiful Brittany Vaughn. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I've actually been interested in like guesting on a, a podcast before now and people were like, start your own. I'm like, no, I can't do that. I want to be on someone else's. So this is perfect timing. <laughs> I'm so honored to have you here. I, I, like I said, I couldn't think of somebody more perfect than you. And when you said you would, I was just like, okay, <laughs> woo, well, let's do this. How are you doing tonight, babe? What you sipping on? I'm doing really good. I'm actually sipping on, so it's it's a crafty little concoction here. I have some sparkling water, Minute Maid pink lemonade, and then a little bit of tequila. Or a little, you know, razzle-dazzle. You're a tequila girl. I am. I love it. My mom and you would just like get along famously. I, I've become more of a tequila girl now that we're doing like more Mexico trips. And I've recently discovered uh, chocolate tequila. So that, <laughs> I'm not complaining about. That yeah, you have to, to me. You have to check it out. I will. What? Uh, so that's the kind of drinks that you gravitate to, tequila. Well, typically, I'm not like a, a hard liquor kind of girl anymore. Back in my younger days, I was able to, you know, have a couple of drinks. Now I'm more of a wine girl, but I'm trying to cut back on the sugar. And so I was like, you know what? I can still have a good cocktail and not overload on the sugar because the Minute Maid juice is only—it's the light one. That's like five calories. Oh, heck yes. I'm going to need that recipe then. All right. I will shoot it to you. So then you are definitely more of like a homebody than now. You don't you don't like to go out. Definitely a homebody. I mean, yeah. I'm at home most of the time. And really, I'm getting to the point where I like to do like the curbside pickup. So I'll order like groceries and pull up, have them bring them out. I need to get better about being more social. But I'm a homebody. I love to be home with my babies. 
I feel you on that. I, I think back and I'm like, I like, why, when was I so brave? You know, like when was I so social and like liking to do those things, right? And I'm the same, like skip the dishes or, you know, like Instacart. The less interaction, the better. Right. <laughs> yes. Which right. is weird because then I miss like, you know, like having that camaraderie, right? And getting to know people. But it's a, it's a, it's a really slippery slope. For me, anyways. It is. I feel like I'm just now getting to a space where, you know, so many people were affected by us. so many things shut down. And for me, you know, I like to be at home anyway. I like my personal space anyway. So that was like right up my alley. But I think now that it's been a couple of years, it's like now I'm finally getting to where I'm like, you know what? I want to be able to go somewhere if I wanted to. Like now I feel like I don't even have the choice. And really, I just would like to get out and travel. And it's so difficult traveling now. Like it's not even worth it. I went to Hawaii in August. The process was so, so strenuous, so stressful. I'm like, yeah. it's not worth it. Like it takes the fun away from it. That's what I want to do. Like I don't really want to get out and socialize. I want to travel. Yes, I feel you on that. And, and I totally agree. It's like when you're traveling, you have this thing on like your shoulder the whole time. Like, am I going to test negative? Or am I going to test positive? Like what's going to happen? You know, you can't even really like let go because you know that test is coming up soon. And oh my God. What if I get stuck over here where I'm traveling to? And then, yeah. you know, you take your test, you're waiting on the results. Then you get a call. You're like, oh my God, this is it. But- <laughs> I know that's what I felt too. So it's like, yeah, like you said, it's just not. It's it's almost not even worth it because there's just so many like logistics to it. I, I love that you brought up like uh, like the quarantine aspect to it because you and I both like to talk about our mental health, and so I think that's another aspect of just trying to like get back into integrating into society again. So if we've already you know have a little bit of struggle there in terms of mental health and socializing with people, like how how did you feel being even more isolated? Like, did it affect you more? Or did you think you were okay mental health-wise because you already weren't socializing? Like, if that makes sense. Yeah, for me, it was like a catch-22, right? Because for us who struggle with anxiety and depression a lot, even though sometimes when you go out into the world, you're like putting on a facade that you're okay because you don't feel good that day. But you still get out and you get like human interaction just a little bit. You get out and you do something, right? It breaks you away from, you get a, you get a break from your mind. Right. Being in quarantine and suffering with anxiety and depression, you get a lot more alone time with your thoughts and that's not a good thing. It's really not. And I, I, I think about so many people who have not made it through the process, not due to COVID, but just you know, struggling and, and choosing to check out. And it's like, I I don't ever think that's the answer, but I get it because yes. you have no escape. The escape is gone. Yeah, I, that's powerful. And I mean that even we just saw that it was this week, right? Miss Universe. No idea when people are struggling with mental health and all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing so many of this, I feel like in the news, like another celebrity took their life or a, a family member of theirs. And it just goes to show this, I think, long-lasting repercussions of of isolation I mean I get I get that you know like we did what we needed to do but it really was scary to see how many people with mental health problems were really affected by that isolation and not having that escape and even like you said not being given the choice right because then that anxiety just like it's like well what if I want to leave like I can't right 
And then for some people, being alone is not what they want to do. Like, they might immerse themselves into their work. There was a writer who um, wrote on a couple of popular TV shows about a year ago. She did the same thing. And people were, like, so shocked. Like, she was a social butterfly. She was, she seemed so happy. And she had posted on her Twitter a couple of tweets saying, like, what I was saying. She, she's alone with her thoughts. She's not used to this. She's used to being able to get out. And, and, t and get a break from her mind. Yeah. And she wasn't able to do that. And in and, and the end, she just decided that, you know, it was too much. That, and that's what's scary, like you said, bringing it back where you, you're, in your, you're in your thoughts, right? You'd, there's no escape. So whether the, those thoughts are, I want to get out or I'm staying home, like you're with yourself running your, in your mind 24 seven, you know, what made you want to be open about your mental health? Because being, you know, an influencer and, and having a platform and stuff, it opens you up to, you know, just like that vulnerability. And it almost gives somebody some form of power over you, right? And, and if some people can think of mental health as, you know, like it has such a terrible stigma. And opening that door up can really make you vulnerable to hate and, and cause even more pain. So I want to know, you know, what made you think like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be open about it. Well, this wasn't planned, but I'm happy it happened this way before I even created a YouTube channel. I had already gotten with a psychologist, a psychiatrist as well, and we were already working through my issues. And in the beginning, when I did create the channel, when I would get like little hate comments or mean comments, I'm just like, Ugh, like it would hurt my feelings. But over time, well, initially I was always open because I didn't want anybody to look at me. I didn't want to be another face that looks so perfect. Like, oh, she's just so, no, I'm going to be open about this because it took someone opening up to me about their own struggles with postpartum depression that even made me realize that depression was a thing. I thought depression was just sadness. I thought the words were synonymous and that, you know, that was just it. I didn't know it was literally a mental health issue. And so I knew that people needed to be made aware. People also need to know that they are not alone in this because I thought my thoughts were just, it was just me thinking this. Everybody around me was so happy and I'm just like, I'm pretending to be happy. Like it was so crazy to me. I felt so alone and I didn't want to open up to people because I thought they would judge me or the people that love me that I know won't judge me. I felt like they would be worried all the time. Right. And so I just, I didn't mind being that one or that person or one of many who get online and are just open and honest. Like I struggle with this. Some days I feel like this. I've, I've had these thoughts before. I felt like this and just also followed that up with how I managed to get to a spot where I can be consistently happy and manage, you know, both the anxiety and the depression. Cause they're two different monsters. Now they might show up at your door at the same time, but they are completely two different monsters. Yes, no, that I, they absolutely are. And I think that's so interesting because for my whole life, I mean, I was diagnosed with depression at 15 years old. So I was given you know, anti-depression medication and, you know, it managed, I was doing well. And then with my second daughter, I quit my antidepressants cold turkey because I didn't want her to have any after effects of like, I call it the brain zaps. I don't know if you can relate to that, but if you've missed a pill or two, you get like that little zap in the brain. And I thought, oh, I would never want her to do that. So after, after I had her, I was feeling really good. I was like, oh, I don't have this depression. I don't have this sadness, like you said, right? And it's like that I still didn't even understand my own illness. And the depression aspect of it had gone away, 
But the anxiety, I never knew I had anxiety because the medication for the depression was helping that. So all of a sudden it was like, okay, I had two things going on here and now I need to learn how to manage this because I that was so, so foreign to me. But yeah, like when you have those, <laughs> those two going on, like figuring that out, that new balance, it, it's rough. It is, it really is. And what do you think you, like, what do you feel you you suffered with the most? Like, what made you feel like, okay, I gotta go and talk to somebody? Was it more like those thoughts, like the sadness thoughts, or was it the anxiety, or, or both? Well, for me, okay, so I was about, I, I want to say like 24, 25, right? Up until that point, I think I had always had anxiety. I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know what it was, but when I when my therapist asked me like how far back do you remember feeling these feelings and I'm like as far as I can remember back I think I've had anxiety issues I've always felt uncomfortable like in a social setting and when I was little I don't know how how old I was I probably was like seven I started doing this like to my hands a lot and my mom would be like like what is that what are you doing and I'm like I don't know because I didn't I didn't have the words to express how I felt or even correlate the two right my feelings to what I'm doing with my little hands. And so <laughs> she was like, oh, you just formed a little habit. We're gonna have to break it. And she would just separate my hands every time I did it. So eventually I stopped doing it. But what that taught me was to be more mindful of like the physical ways that I, you know, manifest my anxiety. Like it was kind of like when I would feel nervous or anxious, I'm thinking like, does it show? Like, does can they tell? Like, you don't want it to show. Right. Eventually, we all learn to wear the mask, especially if you have depression. Like, we we all pick up the mask one day. We all do. Yes. But I feel like I picked it up really early just because I was, it was brought to my attention that I'm doing things that are noticeable. So I feel like I've always had anxiety for a long time, but the depression, honestly, I don't know when it started, but I really could not feel or remember being happy. I, when I started my antidepressants, it took like maybe a week for it to get in my, like build up in my system. Yeah. And I remember that day I was riding to work. I put on my music and I, I got up that morning. I did not dread going to work. I, you know, I, I did my hygiene routine and got dressed, got in my car, put on music, hated this job. But here I am driving down the street, singing a song, like just upbeat. And I, I was like, wait a minute. Like, this is this is not me. Like, what is who this? Is this? Who right. is she? <laughs> right. And I was like, oh my god, I think it's finally working. And I got to work, and I I used to work with my best friend, right? And I asked her, I was like, do you feel happy all the time? Like, cause I realized like I've never felt like this. So have I never felt ha happiness up until this point? Oh it my was, god, it was so crazy. Wow, that like gave me goosebumps. That's that's powerful. It's so interesting that you said that too about like being so little. It's crazy how just even like your little your little mind you said like with your hands, that was an outlet right for the anxiety. It had to go somewhere. So now like what do you feel like you like you do? What's your outlet if you're feeling down or feeling anxious? Oh, uh, well, as far as managing the anxiety, if I feel the anxiety mounting, like, you know, I'm becoming anxious, I'll try to do, so I have a list. It's a mental list now, it used to be a physical list. Yeah. Of things that, you know, like, boost my serotonin, make me feel good. And so I'm just like, okay, I have to, you know, provide some kind of balance. I'm anxious, I need to do something that, you know, relaxes me, makes me feel good. I have to be really mindful and catch myself before it begins you know, before it gets too much. But if it does get to the point where it's just like, I feel like an anxiety attack coming on in a day or two, I call my mom. Like, <laughs> I, she, my mother is the type when you call her, 
she, you pick up the phone or she picks up the phone and she'll talk for 19 minutes before you get a word in, right? And it's like, girl, you don't even know what I was calling for. <laughs> but it helps because literally just her voice alone really relaxes me. Like, oh, I love that. Really relaxes me. I was, in two, it was like 2009. I was really young. I was at a job and I had been feeling really, really anxious. It was building up. Then I had an anxiety attack at work. And what, what pushed me over the edge was the thought that, oh my God, you're about to freak out in front of these people and they're going to think oh. you're nuts. And then it was just like, well, there we go. And I had a panic, I mean, anxiety attack, crying, everything. And I couldn't, I I couldn't even express myself. Like I was, you know how it is. Like you just can't breathe. Just all of that. What, what work were you doing? What job were you in? It was a, it was a, um, it was at a distribution center, like a warehouse, but it was like an office setting and we were having a group meeting. So it was really embarrassing. It happened in in a meeting. Yeah. With everybody there, of course. Like. My boss is talking. I'm literally trying to self-soothe, but at the same time, I'm just like, here we go. You about to look crazy. Like, it's about to happen. And so I lose control. But luckily, one of my good friends worked with me. So my supervisor was like, call an ambulance. And my friend was like, don't call an ambulance. Call her mother. Call her mother. Put her on speakerphone. So they called her, and she was like, I'm just still crying. And she was just like, I'm on my way. (laughs) She showed up to the job. I'm like, girl... I just needed, like, to calm down. But she's still, she's so extra. Like, she took me to the ER. And I'm like, girl, I don't even think it was was that necessary. But I love it. Mama Vaughn, that's amazing. I love that. And that she just instantly just, you know, brings it to you. So how do you, you know, like, this is a lot, like, somebody, uh, a question that I get a lot, too, just because of the niche that we are in. How, How do you find the balance between, you know, researching these really, heavy topics and allowing yourself to like compartmentalize to not get in that, uh, you know, dark space. I had to set boundaries. I had to realize because I feel empathy for every victim, right? Yeah. And even sometimes depending on the background and the things they went through for the, the, you know, the person that I'm talking about, the person that committed yeah. the crime as well. But I noticed that children, child cases where they were the victims affected me so much worse like I could read through a case and do all of my research without crying like I'll feel bad and I'm like oh you know this is terrible and maybe take a breather but with child cases I literally would be crying researching bawling my eyes out I would cry during filming there's a couple of videos where I'm crying okay Uh and even like editing you're crying again because you're having to re-ingest all of this information again right and it got it was the Kenneth Parnell case that's the abuser and then Steven Steiner was the boy that he had captured so it was that case that really I had to just say you know what no more like I can't I cannot continue to do this it made me question if I was built for this like is this for me like are you doing something that you can't like you're built for are you wired for this Wow. And I felt like the answer was no, but I feel like I had a thought that wasn't even my own. That was just like, well, set boundaries. Like, you know. Yes. Make and, it work. Right. And so right. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a breather, like take a week off. And I'm not doing any more kids cases. Like I just cannot deal with, with the child, the child stuff. Like I cannot do it. Right. That's me too, babe. I That was going to be my next question. I was going to say, you know, like where, you know, where do you draw the line and what cases won't you do? And I feel you on that one. It's like there is just that different element. And not to say that we don't have 
empathy for every single person we're talking about. Like you said, I've also been there where I've, you know, felt a little bit like, oh, like for, you know, the killer because of just like the circumstantial like situations in their life. But with the kids, me too. I I, I have to draw the line there. And, you know, it sucks because it, people want like sometimes want you to cover it, right? Like if they've found you and you're, you know, you're th- their creator, they want you to to cover some of them. And I just like, I say like, I don't want to let anybody down because there's also that aspect of, you know, pleasing your supporters. But that is definitely my boundary as well. It just, I, I, I can't do it. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Like it's already bad enough ingesting what you ingest. But like you said, the child aspects, I think it's because they're so innocent. You get so angry because it's like you have to be like the worst type of person to victimize a child or an animal, in my opinion. Yes. And I just I can't I can't do it. Like I just I no. cannot. I feel you, babe. What uh, what case got you, do you think, into true crime? Hmm. It would have had to it, my first. Oh, well. That sparked my interest, like, before YouTube? Yeah, like, what, is there one that stinks out to you? I mean, we can't, we can't say it's, like, our favorite. But what's the one that you were just like, oh, okay, what, what is this? Why are we talking about true crime and I need more? So, my mother was a criminal justice major, and she would oftentimes have, like, summaries of cases. Or she would just read about cases. And she used to read Crime Library a lot. It was the Mary Bell story. When I read about the child being a killer... I was confused. It sparked the question of, can some people be born bad? What happened to this girl? What was her life like? Like, was it a situation that was, you know, led up to by like abuse or was it just, are some of us bad seeds? Like, I just want to know. And that's, that's what really sparked my interest in like the human experience. It's so fascinating to me how, just in, as an example, you can have two children grow up in a household where it's one parent, the parent is on drugs. One child will grow up and never want to touch drugs, and the other one will be like the parent. It's so fascinating to me yeah. because people comment all the time on my channel and they're like, well, I went through that and I didn't turn out to be a murderer. <laughs> right, all of us can't be murderers. Like, people deal with trauma in different ways. Right. And I just, I just find that so fascinating. I do, I do too. And it is like, that is so interesting. My sister and I were talking about that too. She's like, I love, you know, kind of like stripping it down and diving into like that family dynamic and like, okay, if you know, like when you've got murderers, I loved when you covered uh, the Charlie Brandt one, right? Because he, he killed his mother. He had siblings. He was just, he was twisted. He was he was just a stone cold killer. Where did that come from? You right. know, that that case actually, in my mind, that was one where I was like, oh my gosh, like you, he seemed like the perfect uncle, you know, the coolest, funnest guy with the cute little aunt and then comes to visit and oh my God, you know, you never know. And, and one thing that I don't think everybody gets is that us lending understanding to how they got here does not mean we justify the actions at all, right? right. I don't have to yeah. agree or justify what you've done by just understanding like, oh, wow, he took the hurt he received as a child and just literally gave it back to the world, right. you know, or just repeated, you know, the cycle that he grew up with not knowing any better. And, you know, people... They feel like, oh, you know, you're just, I'm never justifying the actions. But I do sometimes, you can put the puzzle together without being like, yeah, that should have happened. No, it shouldn't have. But I get why. 
or how he got here. Yeah, I love and I love that you get that you are open about that because I am too, right? It's because it's interesting. It's almost like you kind of are thinking it anyways, but you're always going to come across somebody who has like an opinion, right? And it's going to be like, oh, you're, you're doing this, you're judging. It's like, well, no, it's, it's, to me or a lot of other people, it's something that we think about and, and want to know. And that brings me to like my next, you know, point to a question that we deal with in this community and how amazing you have done to truly set yourself apart in being in this makeup and true crime niche, you know, because that's another thing that people love to talk about and, you know, try to bring you down by saying, you know, that you're you're copying Bailey, I get it too, and I don't even do makeup and, and mystery, you know, like, how amazing, we've talked about this, but I just want to know, you know, like, for everybody else, how amazing did it feel when Bailey, you know, gave you a shout out and said how wonderful you were at makeup and how great your channel was? I love her, like, and, and the thing is, we've only had limited, you know, interactions, but she was so sweet in those, and she just seemed so genuine, like, it was a full circle moment for me, because I've always been open and honest about how I don't care who existed first, I saw this woman doing it, and I was like, wow, like, she really inspired me to then do it, and I knew I would get backlash, I figured that I would, and so it was very important for me to set myself apart, like you said, and I found that, and just being myself, being more relaxed, you know, just putting more of my personality into it. I yeah. feel like I'm one of those people who who have depression and they're like the funny one. You know, they say oftentimes people who have been through trauma or who hurt in private, are they'll make you laugh, you'll never know. So I feel like just me learning to do that before I dealt with my stuff makes me able to talk about the horrific things that I talk about and still make you laugh and make you smile with still being respectful to the victims. I don't really care about the killers, but respectful yes. to the victims and, you know, just do it in good taste. And yeah. it wasn't anything, I, I didn't even think that my channel would get as big as it has, you know, today. I was just like hoping for 100,000 subscribers and I was just like, well, maybe I'll get a plaque, but I really didn't even, you know, really think it would happen. Yeah. And you kept going. Yeah, I did. And so, yeah, I, I worked through all of the hate, all of you. So many people came at me like, you're fake Bailey and Sarian, you're Bailey Sarian off wish. And I'm like, oh. I used to <laughs> Oh my God, it. when you told me that, I couldn't believe that. Like yes. Bailey Sarian off on wish. wish. girl. Wish, y'all couldn't give me Shein? Please, <laughs> exactly. Like, wish. Oh. But you know, and... <laughs> And honestly, actually, you know what? I had a comment a couple months back, and I hadn't seen any previous comments from this person, but they were just like, I honestly came and hated on you. I love some really disparaging comments on your channel, and now I'm a fan and I want to apologize. Oh. And so it made me long press their name to see what, what they had been leaving, and it was just like, Bailey is queen. You could never be Bailey. And then it went from that to stuff like, she's so funny, and I'm like... And then, you know, it, it was like his ninth comment saying, you know, I left these comments before and I want to apologize. And I really appreciated that. No kidding. Right. So when, especially when she put out the video, like when she mentioned me, I was like, oh my God. And it was just kind of like, you know, a little <laughs> at the haters that really came at me. Girl, I'm not going to lie. I was. I would have taken that clip and every single video that'd be my opening intro. It would just be Bailey like, check out Brittany Vaughn. So like, don't even come in the comments because this is, this is Bailey approved. Like we don't need you to say anything. If it was like it was two years ago when I first started, I probably, you know, would reference it a lot more. It is on my channel. I have it in my shorts. 
But now, because so many of us have, you know, joined in on the, the genre, yeah. yeah, I don't get so many, con- I don't really get any Bailey comparisons or like Bailey hate mail anymore. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's very limited for me as well. And I think I think what what's happening is people are starting to appreciate that there are other content creators in the genre, right? They're like, okay, now I've gone through, you know, Bailey's whole library and I want more. I want to find somebody who is, you know, similar in that genre, but are still themselves. But I've said so many times that the the true crime community space, it's it's got so much talent. It's so supportive, like from what I've I've been able to see as far as like, you know, creators communicating amongst each other. And I'm honored to be in it. And I think that that's what's starting to happen is like as people are starting to go through their favorites, they're wanting to see other people. And even if somebody's done a case and somebody else, you know, then they find somebody else who's done it. They always find you know, something new and it's peppered with that person's personality. So there, I've always said, you know, replying to some of those people, there's space for everybody. And if you are only limiting yourself to like one creator, you are missing just a sea of amazing people who put like their heart and soul into this content for you. And, you know, it's a shame if you're not going to give them a chance. And I, I feel like now that's why we're not maybe getting as much hate because people are like, oh, I appreciate, you know, like <laughs> that there's more. Yeah, I agree. I um, I would always, I know we spoke about this before, but I would avoid case, like I would look, look it up on YouTube. And if, you know, some people have done it, I'm just like, well, no, I'll shy away from it. And I mentioned it in a video and my subscribers brought it to my attention. Like, we love a couple of y'all. If all three or four of my favorites upload the same case, I'm going to watch it because you all bring something different. Like you said, you bring different personalities. Your delivery is different. Some people like you, they have a, you know, glass of wine, a little cocktail when they tell it. Some people do makeup. It's it's different. It's variety. So, right. you know. And then another thing you mentioned about us all, you know, being positive in the space. Agree. I feel like I like that there is like not drama and all of that. But with what we do, like, could you really? You don't. We don't have the bandwidth, the emotional bandwidth, to be catty or just be nasty to each other. With what we are researching and doing, like, there is no <laughs> emotional capacity for that. You really don't. You're just like at the end of the day, you're just like, okay, well, at least I'm not married to like a doctor who's gonna murder me. You know, like what really is going on <laughs> in my life, right? When you're dealing with people who've, you know, untimely deaths and all of that, in the grand scheme of things, a lot of small catty things aren't even important. And you realize that. Like, I know for me, it's always on the front forefront of my mind. Certain things in the grand scheme of things in life are not even worth your attention or energy. I agree with that, actually. That's really funny that you said that because I was talking to my husband about that the other day where, you, like, just what I do and what I research, it's actually changed, you know, how I approach life so much differently now that I'm really, like, 
more immersed in it than I ever was. I've always had an interest in true crime. I've always watched Dateline, 48 Hours, whatever. But, you know, being in that all the time myself now, this I don't sweat the small things like I used to before. It's like... I I could be going through something and, you know, want to complain about it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, remember what I'm researching right now? And that girl, you know, didn't have a chance. It's it's really changed my life, like, more positive, which is weird because of what we talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is weird how that works. <laughs> it's also weird how, you know, so many people are just like, I love your content. You like, you talk about the craziest, most heinous crimes, but then I'm laughing the whole story. Like, how does yeah. that even work? How does yeah. that work? I'm just yeah. like, I don't know. I feel the same. And and that's definitely like the the you know, the the way I like to approach my content too. And and that makes me feel good, you know, because at first it made me feel uncomfortable, but it was always the way that I wanted to do my channel because it's just who I am. I've always kind of got that like a little bit of sarcastic undertone, take a you know, like take a little jab at a killer, like I'm not gonna worry about it, and then be really empathetic and respectful to a victim. So then I never knew how to answer that question, you know, like or that compliment when people were like, Oh, I love your channel, you always make me laugh. I'm like, you're welcome, you know, and then now I just like I appreciate it because I know that anybody watching knows I, I don't mean any disrespect. But you, you know, you've always got that on your mind where you're just like, Oh, like you're scared sometimes to like, talk or say something wrong and then get kind of attacked for it, I guess. So I have a question for you. Okay. Um, as the genre has become more popular, it's been scrutinized. I don't know if you noticed, but I know some people are like, well, how could you make content about somebody's murder for money and make jokes, right? So how do you, how do you feel about that? So I've had actually, I had somebody come for me on my channel. He had been watching a lot of my content he, he, it was kind of an opposite situation of what you had said. He was really supportive at first. And then I don't know <laughs> what happened. He was just watching too much, got sick of me and just took a switch and was, and got really aggressive towards me. And it got to the point where I wasn't even engaging. I just blocked him from being able to comment on my channel because I'm like, I can't read this anymore. It was getting really aggressive and over the top and he started creating Instagram accounts and going to my Instagram and then he said that to me it was the first time I ever heard somebody say to me how do you feel like about making money off of somebody's death and like I I had never thought about it like that I just thought okay I'm talking about these cases you know ones that I, I, I that I want to bring to people's attention and oftentimes I find that even when I speak to family members of some of these victims they want you to talk about it they want their their family member story out there I'll always ask when I speak to somebody if there is a foundation if there's a GoFundMe if there's anything that I can do to donate towards I'll donate a portion of my AdSense from it or my sponsor Sponsor. So I try, I'm trying to find the balance, but the way that I get, I guess that I go on with it is I know that I don't mean any wrong. I'm not trying to, you know, hurt anybody. If I can give back, I always want to give back. And I figure, you know what, there's, look, it's no different than Dateline. It's no different than 48 Hours or these shows that we watch. We're just doing it on a different platform, I guess. And they're a little bit worse because I don't know if you've noticed, which you probably have. You've been doing this for as long as I've been doing it. Investigation discoveries, I'm not going to put it on all the shows, but I have watched quite a few shows that change the story for, you know, to sensationalize it. Yes. That's not okay to me. Like, yeah. that's not okay. 
But, you know, it, it happens. They do it for ratings. Like, for me, that's kind of, you know, where you're getting in the murky waters of questionable morality. Yes. But it wasn't until somebody questioned my morality, and I'm not going to mention who it is. I never thought of it that way because that's why that, that wasn't my intentions. Like I said, I didn't think my channel would get as big as it is, so I never expected to really even make money. I just did this because it was an interest of mine, and at the time, it was one of the few things in the world that I still enjoyed doing. It was around the beginning of my, well, my starting to feel better after, you know, right. going through treatment for my anxiety and depression. But my thing is, sometimes people have made hate comments, trolls come through when they leave nasty comments that have made me feel like maybe I should stop this or maybe it is, you know, not okay. But then I think about the girls and the guys who almost every day I get a message or an email or a comment from somebody saying, I've gone through this. People are chronically ill, have lost loved ones in the hospital and are battling demons that they don't even speak of. But turning on your video for an hour or 30 minutes brightens their day. People tell me how they look forward to my content because it gives them a break from their reality. Whether it's a domestic relationship issue, and I've had a couple of, of people reach out to me in regards to that and just say, you know, you just made me feel so much better. People who did not believe that there was an a rainbow at the end of the rain as far as depression and stuff and then it's like oh I look at you if you made it through and got into a space where it's manageable like maybe I can for those people I like those are the people that have kept me going when I was like well maybe I yes. shouldn't do this I don't care what anybody else says the trolls or the people who judge us in my mind the greatest work you can do with your human experience is to enhance another human's experience spread laughter spread joy spread peace be somebody's you know, peace, source of, of happiness or laughter. And so if I'm doing that, like nobody else's opinion matters. It was never about, you know, using somebody's trauma for monetary gain. Right. Say what you want, but you cannot take away the fact that I have definitely added a lot more to the people who watch my channel. Like people really, they reach out to me all the time. And I'm like, I appreciate the comment so much because that comment could have been the one that brightened my day. And it makes me feel like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna keep going for y'all. Amen. I, yeah, I could not, I could not have that just like, again, I got goosebumps. I could not have been said better. Like I can relate to that so much and it does really keep you going. And even you get those comments where people will say, I know this is so weird, like because we're listening to such a heavy subject, but like I look forward to you. You make my day better. And to be able to do that and, and to have people be so you know, thankful that even, you know, like talking about mental health and that they're not alone. Like you said, it, it takes, of course, we don't want to see a hate comment. Of course, you don't want to deal with trolls, but it's those moments that you're just like, I'm not going to stop because I've totally been there too. I'm just like, I, am I, you know, am I built for this? Do I have, you know, like the backbone for this? And they, they keep you going. Those people, I'm so thankful for the community and like for our supporters because without them, yeah, I, I definitely probably would have thrown in the towel by now. You know what was the turning point for me as far as trolls affecting me? Because they used to hurt my feelings. The more I did this, and it was probably maybe a year and a half into it, most people, like most of their lives kind of start out the same. There's always like some, most times, like 80% of the time, there's like some trauma or, you know, some hurt given to them as a child. And what I had to realize, because it's like, you know, you went into this knowing that everybody doesn't react to trauma the same. Right. A troll might just be in my mind now, because no, okay, so 
No person who is happy in their life and of a healthy mind gets online and trolls strangers. Right. Nobody who is healthy and happy does that. Maybe they're just like the people I cover, but they manifested their hurt a different way. They didn't go out killing people, but they get online and they take the hurt that they received and they choose to give it out to people. Hurt people hurt people, and that is a true statement. So yes. when I begin to look at it like that, it's just like, okay, little Jeffrey Dahmer, like, girl, relax. <laughs> I've been a Jeffrey Dahmer, I've been that Jeffrey Dahmer kid who didn't turn out like that. Then you know, like in in childhood, going through a lot of trauma of my own and in my upbringing, and and not been the nicest person. You know, I I look back in like junior high, especially, and just like, oh my god, like I was, I wanted other people to hurt because I was hurting. So like you said, with hurt people, hurt people, and now, I you know, I I've messaged you know anybody that I can think of and I'm just like you you know you ne you'd never deserved that and you know that that had nothing to do with you it had everything to do with me and you know thank you for you know still 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 putting up with it and not like giving it back to me as bad as I was giving it to you and my mission you know like for years now of, of me like working through that with like therapy and all of that and medication has been just to, you know, put out as much like love, empathy, understanding, kindness as I can. And so I can really relate when you're looking at those comments and being like, okay, I know that this is coming from, that has nothing to do with me, it has everything to do with them. And it makes me feel bad sometimes because I'm like, why, what are you going through? Like, I know you're going through something and I'd love for you to not have that. And it's, it can get so much better, you know, and this isn't about me, but it's still hard, you know? <laughs> Oh, girl, I just sent them to the block party. That's what I call it. You want to go to the block party? It's going on 24-7. And it's really packed at this point after a couple of years. Like, you can, I'll send you right on in there to the block party. I need to get better at that button. Yeah. It, it, it brings peace, you know? You're just like, bye. Yeah, I know sometimes I'll, like, think of, like, something to say. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then I'll do it. Block. And it does feel good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, you know, using it more. Which makes me, you know, which brings me to my next question. What would you say to, you know, a smaller creator out there who is coming into this, the same community as ours, like in the true crime space and having to like deal with a lot of these obstacles that we have, you know, what, what advice would you give them? I would just say, don't let anybody tell you where your motives lie. Don't make any space for outside opinions. I feel like as a creator or anybody who is dealing with any form of art. And for me, this is a form of art, right? There's no space for outside opinions in artistry. You're, you're expressing your own artistry. So just keep a level head. Try not to let the bad affect you. It will affect you in the beginning. It affects all of us, but your, your skin will thicken and you will, you know, find your way to deal with that. Just remain consistent and keep going. Do not let anybody deter you from anything that you feel you should be doing in your life if you ain't hurting nobody because you know some of the people we talk about made some bad decisions. But yeah, I would just say be consistent. Be you as well. Don't get on the app and try to be anybody else. Don't try to take the drama route or the shortcuts. That's not good. Like just no. bring you and be, be comfortable with you. I love it. I love it. Is there anybody that comes to mind right now that's a smaller creator that has caught your eye that you, you know, like you see something, maybe a little Brittany in there from the beginning that you want to send some love to? Before I get to that, I also want to add, 
Don't measure your level of success against anyone else's. And I'll use my experience as a prime example. When I had about 3,000 subscribers, I was a fan of this girl's channel and she did like, a, like gossip, like YouTube gossip. And so I would watch her and she was really new. She had just started her channel. She didn't even have a thousand subscribers and one huge scandal hit the net and she was making video after video after videos, you know, talking about it getting all of these subscribers and before you know it she had like 10k and I felt like oh wow I've been doing this a year and I'm only at three and I kept watching her but then my time came eventually and I would gain subscribers and not to use this as like a aha or anything like that like I'm just as an example she is still around that 10k range like two years later and so it's like if I had a quit or just thought you know oh she I'm not moving fast enough like I wouldn't be where I am your time right. comes in, in your time, you know? Yeah. But to answer your question, yes, so there are some channels I would like to shout out. Kennedy Myers TV, she does true crime and she does like reaction videos now to Criminal Criminal Minds episodes, which I think is really cool. Love and it. yeah. And she also has like, she's a really big creator over on TikTok. So she has like cake decorating, you know, stuff on TikTok that's really cute. Bratterstein is another channel. She is so dedicated we talk all she the time is. she is and she's so yeah, sweet oh my god isn't she i love her she is so sweet she's so and she's humble she's humble too i've had that conversation with her before i think it was like right as i hit a hundred k and she had messaged to congratulate me and i said girl you are you're gonna get there and she's like like the thought of her her thinking that you know the thought of her getting there i thought that was really cute because she was like you know i'm just like i'm gonna pee my pants just thinking about getting to ten thousand subscribers i'm like no there's huge things that are, are gonna come for her that girl works hard i was about to say that she reminds me at one point like at one point I was like so like all I was doing was making content like literally day in day out she reminds me of me in that space and that's when I gained most of my you know momentum and audience yeah. she works really hard and I told her the same thing we had a conversation not too long ago and I'm like your time is coming girl you're going to be able to do this full time because your work ethic is unreal like she really she she works hard she's so consistent so, yeah, so she is. And that's the, and that, that is, that's the secret. You know, everybody wants to know how do you do it? And it's like, there is no secret recipe. It's, it's work day in, day out. And it's hard because, you know, when you're starting, you also have like your family life, you have your other jobs, Br you know, Brittany Bratterstein right now, she's pregnant, right? I've been there, you know, like pregnant, trying to do this, pump out this content. And there are so many days where you just like, you just want to slow down. Another creator who, you know, I, I see that that same potential in and, and similar to what you said to see myself and her is Megan True Crime. She works so hard. She's, there's often times where she's pumping out two videos a week. She still is working her job. And, and, I, and I just want to always say to her, you know, like, just keep going, keep going, do what you're doing because it's coming. Like you, you said, babe, when your time comes, it comes and you're going to be able to do it full time. Like, do not stop. Right. Do not. And enjoy the beginning process. For yeah. me, I still enjoy it, but I feel like, well, now I'm doing two videos a week, so it's like I'm working like double time. But I feel like, if I'm gonna be completely honest, I feel like I like I still love it. I still love what I do. I wouldn't change it for the world. But it feels different. It feels different yeah. when you get to a different point. It does. So enjoy. enjoy I agree. That. I enjoy agree it. with that. And it's hard because I've been told that too by bigger creators, right? I've been told, you know, this is a nice spot. This is where, you know, like this is where things are good. This is where you you really have like your community who is 
they're always going to be there for you. You know, like those 50, around that 50,000 subscriber, those people, those are your loyal, those are your ride or die. And they're always still going to be there. But sometimes what happens is as you get bigger, it's harder to like keep up because their comments are getting shifted and like in between others where you're, you're exposing yourself to more hate because your channel's being shown to more people who aren't going to stick around. So I feel you on that because like I wouldn't change what I do for the world. I love it so much. But that I guess it's it's that sense of community, right? And that when you were smaller and it just kind of felt like closer knit. So if it'd be hard to like keep that going as your channel grows, but I really can relate to that. And, and would, that would also be a piece of my advice would just be like, enjoy it because it, it changes, it changes. Yeah. With exposure, it just more things come to play. You, you have to realize, like you have to be mindful of the things you say because some people out here are just committed to misunderstanding you. I yeah. found myself going back and forth with this person, not in a negative way, but because she had said something as fact. And I'm like, well, I know I said this, but that's not what I meant. And I thought that would clear it up. I'm like, let me provide clarity because I didn't want to offend anybody. And she was just like, well, no, you, you meant this. And I'm like, well, no, no, I didn't mean that. And she just kept coming back. And I said, well, you know what? This is one of those people that's just committed to, you know, misunderstanding you on purpose. It's like, girl, you can, you can just have it. But I do realize as I gain more exposure, it's just some things you know. I have to be so mindful of the way I say things. You try, that's one thing that stresses me. Like, I'm always thinking, can this be twisted? Can this be misconstrued? Like, you just oh don't God, girl, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> you just don't want to <laughs> give anybody any space to just put a negative light on you or just say something that's not true. That is my thing. Like I can own anything that I do wrong because if you've lived long enough, you've played the villain in somebody's story, right? Right. Ooh. But I just don't, I can own the real stuff, the true stuff, but when it's not true, it bothers me. Yes. It bothers me Thank so much. Thank you. Yes. And I feel like when, like you said, when you have like that, that sweet spot of 50 K or 60 K, it is a sense of like, tight-knit community and all of that and what I really hate now is that I get so many comments and the people that I'm used to seeing the names all the time because some when you're in that space you remember like the people that comment oh, all yeah. the time and it's like I don't want little Sarah to feel like I don't respond to her anymore I heard her come heard her comments yes just, one time I really had to check on a subscriber because she had commented all the time and I hadn't seen her in so long and I'm like Donabelle girl if you're still out there and she commented she's like I changed my name I'm still here and I'm just like okay girl I just want to make sure oh you're my okay. god I love you yes, like <laughs> I love my people my people are yes. so oh, they're so positive like I love when they're uplifting each other in the comments like if somebody yes goes, oh, I, I say that too day. and they're like I hope your day gets better I'm like oh I love y'all like they don't just I love love. it too they give each other love and I go to other people's comment section and I've seen some people who are not as lucky. Like they have so many terrible comments and I'm just like, I never want to lose that to where I don't want to read my comments because you know, I'm scared it'll trigger me. And you, I, I just, yeah. I don't want to lose that. But you, yeah. the bigger you get, the more of a chance or risk you take at opening that comment section and saying something that could potentially, you know, trigger you. Yeah. And so I just, on the days where I feel like my anxiety is a little high or I'm just vulnerable, I don't read my comments. Yes. I just avoid even social media because for me, I don't 
don't really watch TV like that or movies, but like when I'm sitting still or when I'm winding down after a long day, I get on social media. The downside is now, if I look at my comments and mentions, it's like cases. Like I could be like, let me take a break from this horrible, nasty case. And look right. at Instagram and you get on Instagram and it's like two dead in a house fire and they ate each other's legs and you're like, why you you gonna send that to me, girl? I'm, I'm fragile today. So I just don't yes. even avoid my DMs or comments or anything when I'm, you know, feeling iffy. I, I feel you. And, and that kind of like, you know, brings it back to the, the whole boundary thing, right? You just have to, to learn how to do, set your boundaries, move on, and then know that that your people love you no matter what, right? And and it's tough because that's my biggest thing too. As like I'm like, you know, like you said, you see you see the same people commenting. You build this relationship, even even though they're the only ones who're seeing you. There's so many times where I'm filming because we film by ourselves, right? Like there's no one in the room, but I literally know, and I'm thinking of so many people in my space that I'm talking to and it makes it so much easier as you go on because it's I'm connecting with them and so yeah when you don't when you don't get to see them or don't get to talk to them or you need to take a mental pause I always feel bad you know because I want them to know I still love them so much I just I can't always be on and I can't always be there and it has nothing to do with with them right yeah i'm sure they understand that because sometimes i take a break and I, I tell them i told them recently how i give the information to you is light-hearted you get to laugh throughout the story but when i'm immersed in a case i don't get laughs i get the raw details and sometimes i need a break and they yeah. were like well, we get that you know mental health it's very important and i'm glad that i was open and honest with them about that because now they really do understand my core audience who genuinely get me and love me understand that completely they're like girl we'll still be here girl take your time we I want you to be that. in a good space like they genuinely care and they understand so that's another upside of being like open you know right yeah no i i, I fully i fully agree with it okay well babe oh my god what's left to say i think you are just like you've given me goosebumps like this whole time i can relate so much with you and that is exactly why i wanted you to you know be the first person that i i had on this podcast i couldn't you know thought of a better episode you obviously delivered you know, bigger than my expectations, but I already knew that they were like really high. I'm just so thankful for you. Keep doing what you're doing and I love you. And I, I, I can't wait to see like what more big things. I love that right now we're both like in the same the space around like the same amount of subscribers, but we're, we're giving other people advice of how to keep going. But in the same sense, like I feel like we're still like smaller creators. And I know like as I go, like you are going to be right alongside with me because like the sky's the limit. And I know that you're, you're going to be there with me. Well, I appreciate that. I love you too. You're so sweet, so beautiful. I told you, I look at your thumbnails and I'm like, she is just like perfection. Like she is so pretty. But, but so are yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I try to look like something, you know, I'm trying, yeah, to, right. trying to get Blue and Bella, Bella a father. <laughs> but yeah i love more, it one more channel that's small and up and coming she's like in oh. the 50 50k uh, and she's been very supportive so i want to mention her is sarah better off red she does a lot of different kind of content but she's so supportive and i love her as well like <sighs> another sweet one you're the best oh thank you i love how you signed it off and just one more shout out i've you know what i uh i actually just recently had her come up on my my suggested my for you and she yes yeah, i same kind of vibe you know like feels like it's a friend she had me laughing 
Does it taste fully though? And again, is somebody who is setting herself apart in, you know, like a niche, I guess, that can attract some hate. But um, yeah, I'm really excited that uh, she just showed up on my stuff because I've been enjoying, I've really been enjoying her and her little cat ears, right? She's always right. got her little, and yeah. And little she's... gremlin. Oh, it's so cute. I'm like, girl, that show logo is so cute. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Her logo kills me. I love it. Okay, babe. Well, I really hope you come back again. Girl, anytime you want me, come, just come knock on my door, girl. I'm here. I'll come. Don't test me with a good time. I'll be there all the time. <laughs> I'm here. I, I enjoyed it. I was excited up until like an hour before. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's a whole new audience. What if they hate me? Should I read the comments? Like, you know, you just, your mind just thinks a million things. But it's been very enjoyable. I'm glad that I did it. I will definitely do it again. And I appreciate you for having me on. Oh, babe. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you guys so much. That's a wrap on episode one of Murder Between Friends with Sherilyn Dale. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you once again to Brittany Vaughn for kicking this thing off with me. Please go follow her if you aren't already and show her some love and also make sure to show the station some love if you want to get to know and hear from more of your favorite creators. I can't wait to catch up with you in the next episode. I will miss you all until then. I know it's the same sign off for my YouTube but it applies always so I will remind you here. Make sure to love each other, love yourself, and I will talk to you. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. See you soon. Bye.